welcome to the Fully Free Podcast with your host, Taylor Lee. This is the podcast to get real about what it takes to become the wealthiest and happiest version of you. After creating my first seven-figure year, 12 months after having my first baby, I am on a mission to show as many women as possible how they can create tons of money in their online business with the most ease and joy possible. I'm here to inspire you and guide you with weekly episodes on money, marketing, life, and all things online business. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. All right. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here today with Kat for a really fun, different, thank God, I'm so excited for a different conversation, episode and conversation. So hi, Kat. Hey. I'm pumped. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Do you, let's just start with, Mm -hmm. with not that you're boring, but with the boring part, can you tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a master business coach. I help my clients scale their businesses six months at a time, one client at a time, a hundred K at a time. So I really just, I'm very much like you. I'm just like, and that's probably why you've been like my longtime mentor for like ever. Like I'm all about the simplicity. I'm like, yeah. if like even recipes, right. I'm like, if it's more than three, five fucking ingredients, not doing it, not happening. Yeah. If you need every like measuring cup, measuring spoon. Oh my God. Device. No, 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 no. no. I like, have to go to like a specialty store to get the ingredients. I'm like, you lost me. Like, I'm never going to be doing that recipe. So anyway, simplicity, simplicity. So I'm here for that as well. Um, yeah. And I've been, I've been an online coach now for five, six years. Um, and that's, and I live in the Caribbean. I live in Mexico. I've been building my coaching business here for six years. I have a son, I have a partner and that's basically it. That's me. (laughs) I love it. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Kat was one of my clients, um, for a while and and in and out of the things in the best way. So I just, Mm -hmm. I love it. Whenever I think about you, like we totally do have a lot in common and a lot different about us. But Mm -hmm. I always like, when I think of you in the coaching world, I'm like, she has such the real deal. Like just to hype you up for a minute. Like, I love you're just like, yeah, I know. Like (laughs) people can't see it. I'm like pursing my lips and nodding. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. You're like, yeah, no, I am the real deal. (laughs) She is like, I just feel like, you know, your shit, like you're very like just educated, I guess on coaching and gifted. And I just, I'm just, I love it, you know, and you were in my mastermind. And every time you chimed in with a client, I'm like, all right, <laughs> like in the best way, like so good. So we could probably spend hours talking about coaching and making money and all the things. And maybe we'll touch on it a little bit, but maybe not. What we're going to talk about today is a different conversation around something that you're currently focused on and doing outside of your business, um, which is investing in real estate. So that's yeah. super cool. Mm-hmm. It's been really fun. And I mean, I don't even know, like, I guess we could just kind of dive into yeah. it, but like, I mean, to be honest, like at first it was like a little scary, which is probably also very similar to like making my first business investments ever too. It's like a little bit, like catch your breath a little bit, like, <gasps> So yeah. even again, it is a little scary. Cause you're just like, I'm literally putting money into like the earth, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like land, like, cause we're not just buying like properties. We're buying like a lot of land in particular. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what we're doing. And the reason being is, you know, we're at this 
place in our, both of us, my partner also owns a business, brick and mortar, like nothing to do with coaching. Um, but we're both in these places in our business where we're in that like overflow level. Right. So it's like, okay. And I love this too, because you also teach this in your, not real estate investing, but like for anybody listening to Taylor's program, she really does help you with like money stewardship, which is like what I call it, where it's like, it is important in the business coaching spaces. It's like, it's not just about marketing. It's not just about mindset. It's also about your fucking money. Like if you're running a business, you need to know what's happening with your money. Right. And so, especially when you get to that six figure earning level, multi six figure earning level, it's like, then it really is time to think the long term about what's happening with your money and where you want to allocate that money to like what you were saying, like what matters. Right. Yeah. I love it because I don't know about you saying this just in the industry or with clients or, or even maybe with yourself in the past, like it just, it, it kills me because I feel like we start, I just think this is a very common trend. Like we start these online businesses because there's so much freedom in it. Time freedom, financial freedom. I mean, when I started my business, granted, I don't even think I could survive off of this now, but I was like, if I could just make like 5k a month, like I would be set for life. Like I was so like that, that was just like a dream. And then I did that. And then I was on to the next milestone. And, and for a while that was a line. Cause I was like, I was seeing more possibility in my life and in myself and in the things that I wanted and could have like things I didn't even know, like ever existed. But then like, I feel like at a certain point, it's so easy to lose yourself in it. It's like suddenly, even though you may actually want whatever it is, 10 K months, 20 K months, like the numbers are so irrelevant. It's like, even though, yeah, maybe you actually do want that. It just seems like people are doing it more for others than themselves. And by others, I actually mean their ego. Like to, to prove themselves and to keep up this like appearance. And I know some of my biggest fears in my business growing, it have been like, what if I lose it? Not in terms of what if I let my family down or like things like that, but like, what if the whole internet is watching me fail and I can't keep it up and I've been a fraud this whole time? Like, and all that is so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, and even what you're saying, Taylor, it's like, it literally is like that. And I, I wonder like how many people listening to this are thinking that like before I like became a coach, cause it took me a long time to swallow the word coach. I was like, that is the most like cheesiest shit I've ever heard. Like I was like, I'm a business consultant. I'm a business strategist. Like I was like, you know, <laughs> like coach, whatever. But before that, right. So like, like at the very, very beginning of my business, I was doing like the done for you, like similar to you, right? Which is why yeah. I watch with you. I was like doing a lot of done for you, copywriting, content creating, whatever. And I remember the very first course that I took was like literally right to 1K. Like my, I literally was just like, if I can just make a thousand dollars a month doing what I love, like on my own fucking terms, I was like, and then exactly that. Then I remember having this conversation with my partner. I was like, if we get both of our businesses just be making 2K a month, we'd be set. Like the exact same thing that you said. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know. And then it's like, I just, I don't know. And we we forget to focus, like, what are we doing with the money? Like there was a certain point where I was I was making this money and honestly, I'm I'm curious your take on this because I feel like there's pros and cons, but like at first I was putting all the extra back into my business. And I just mm-hmm. had a really good conversation with my best friend on this too. And it was good because I was new in business. Didn't know what I was doing. I needed a coach. I needed someone to guide me. So I, I was I feel like I was brave and I was so, I'm so glad I did that. And I think there's a time and a place for it. But then 
there was a point where it was like, and then I kept doing that and I kept doing that and I kept doing that. And the thing my friend told me, and this was very recent was like, Taylor, you have put in more money and more time into investing into your business for growth than a doctor does to become Mm -hmm. a doctor. Like at some point, and you know me, I'm always going to be investing, but like at some point, like it's okay to be like, I'm complete. Like I can put, it's safe to put my money in other places. Yes. This is like, (laughs) this is literally the conversation, right? Cause I think that is like the case. And I think that is like just a part of the process where it's like, yeah, you're in those foundational years. Even if in your foundational years, you're making 10 K months or 15 K months, it's foundational year nonetheless. Right. And so like in those foundational years, absolutely the same thing for me. I reinvested like all of my money back into my business, paid myself a little bit owner salary. And then the rest, like all reinvested. And then I got to that point where it's like, even with my investments, I still had overflow of money. Yeah. Right. And also at the same time, it's like that difference also in the foundational years, like, you know, I did lots of certifications. Like there's, you know, I, and I always tell clients like a certification is not a business investment. Like you need to be clear on that also with yourself. Like your coaching yeah. skills are different than entrepreneurship skills mm-hmm. right? for everybody listening. Okay. So your coaching certification investment does not fucking count. <laughs> Like, if you're like I, I still have to make an ROI from it. It's like, yeah, you look at an ROI, but stop counting that as a business investment. It's just a totally different skill. Like you were just mastering your coaching skills so that you could yeah. be a coach with your clients and support them. And yeah. Yeah. Really and it's, yeah. And it's not your certifications responsibility to help you now, like grow your business to a certain level. Like even if they offer that, that's even if they offer that, I would still, I mean, this is like a total riff, right? But mm-hmm. even if certification offers a business thing, like I would still get an actual person where it's like they spend all day, every day focused on helping you make money. Like a certification spends all day, every day focused on helping you go your skill sets. So it's mm-hmm. like, even if they offer a business Avenue, go get a real business Avenue. Like someone that's like, they, they're a hundred percent priority and focused on helping you grow your business. Not just like 5% of their focus. Yeah. Just like a little bonus and a certification. Right. <laughs> Yes. sidebar trust i just like coach have you know same with you right it's been like years in this industry so mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> no feel i feel you so it's like how like what what was the process specifically for you of like deciding that like now is the time for you to start putting your money in other places start investing outside of the industry like, what was that like? Cause I know that that can feel like you started to mention, like that can be kind of a scary decision. And I think a lot of people might even actually be ready to do that. They don't think they are, or it's just like, it's scary. Yeah, it is scary, but it's like, you have to realize that once your once your business gets to a place of maturity, the most mature thing you can do is now start diversifying. Like you have to diversify. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even matter if your business, like whatever level your business is at, you have to diversify where your income is coming from slow one at a time though. Right. So like, I know a lot of, like maybe you guys have heard this, it's really cliche where it's like, you know, most millionaires or billionaires or whatever, they have like seven, I don't even know how many streams. Like they yeah. say like they have like seven streams of income, but you have to remember guys, they didn't build all of those at once. If you try mm-hmm. to build all of them at once, you're going to be fucked. So start with one at a time, start with your business because that's actually will help you get to the six plus other income streams faster, right? Like start with your business, get your business into overflow. And then from there you can like decide, okay, like what's the next machine that needs to get built. 
And it's so funny, just before, just yesterday, Taylor, I was on a podcast interview with one of my colleagues, my coaching colleagues, and she's like a wealth coach. And we were talking about this exact same thing where it's yeah. like, you, you, you have to build the machine and to know what machine to build next in a way that like maybe doesn't feel so scary is like, what's the path of least resistance, which I know you're all about. Mm-hmm. Right. So for example, some of you, I have, I have a finance background. So for me, investing in the stock market, is pretty simple, right? But for a lot of people, if you've never done it, there's like a huge learning curve. So maybe for you, it's easier to just hire a real estate agent, buy a piece of property and call it a day. Yeah. Right. Like start with like, what's easy for you to just start, which machine is the easiest to build right now? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to talk about that too. Like that, that's literally a question I have written down of my few questions. Most of us, I'm like, I'm just going to ask you what I want to ask you. <laughs> but, <laughs> Hold on everybody. Here's my questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's something I want to ask you, like for someone that doesn't have that education that, that you do have, because like you mentioned, you have the finance background, which I'm so jealous of <laughs> because I'm the person mm-hmm. who does that. And you're hearing about all, like, I just, I just feel like my brain is like spinning with numbers and options and things and names of different accounts. And like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. Like what's your advice? I mean, I know you kind of already mentioned a little bit of the advice, but what's your advice for that person? Who's like, no, like no education on finance because you know, we don't really tend to get that in school. Yeah. And that's like, that's honestly, it's total sidebar, but like, I think that makes me the most sad is like financial literacy, um, like beyond like, you know, budgeting and that sort of thing. Right. But what I will say is this is like, to be honest, like if you like, you know, in order to grow your money through investments, such as like stocks and, and, you know, markets, that sort of thing, like you do need to go find the education. Like, I wouldn't tell you not you Taylor, right. But like anybody listening, right. Like I wouldn't tell you to like, just go do it. Like I would say like, you would have, you have to find the education on that. And like, there's so many places that you can find that. Like there's even people that, you know, there's like investing coaches even, right? Like you can find the people. And like, what I would strongly suggest is like, you have to, because like, if you don't know, like maybe you guys have heard this guy, his name's like, I think it's David Ramsey. Yeah. Something Ramsey, right. Where he's like, debt's bad, debt's bad. It's like, yeah, debt is bad for people that don't have financial literacy. Right, like yeah. he's actually one hundred percent on the money. Like, if you don't know what's happening with your money, debt is bad, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's you're because you're not in a place like education wise and just like understanding wise to really. Because I was just telling my my friend this yesterday, the wealth coach. I was like, finance is an art, not a science. Yeah. Right. So it's it really is an art, and to be able to like create nothing or to create you know, 10 X from what you have right now, like that's the art part about it, right. To 10 X, whatever you have right now. And so in order to do that safely, right, you do need to be educated, unfortunately. <laughs> like it's like, it's yeah. like beyond your beliefs. <laughs> it's yeah, and, belief. yeah. And I think it's an opportunity too. It's like, we all know we should hire a business coach and like hire cat, hire me, follow us both, like do the thing. Like if you're not in overflow yet, like let's figure that out. But I think I have so much to say. I think a just to, I just think this gets to be said, like if you are in overflow, this is such a good conversation. Cause it's like, okay, let me take some notes. Let me make some decisions. Let's me, let me feel into what that path of least resistance is for me to start building wealth. Mm-hmm. If you're not, 
What was so helpful for me about just listening to things like this was realizing how people think who do make that kind of money, because it's like, and I know, I know this about you. Cause like, just follow cat. It's like, she's putting out her content. She's selling offers. She's working with clients. She knows what she's doing in her business. And then she's investing in these other areas. And I'm sure there's other things that you want to do that you're currently learning about or looking into learning about that. You're like, maybe you feel like an idiot on, right? Like we should have something like that. So I think it's good no matter where you're at. And for me, obviously you have a totally different background than me, but I'm so glad because I see so many people not doing this that I invested in people on my team and also learning into things around money. Like even just getting a bookkeeper, it, I mean, I know people who make multi six figures who still don't hire a freaking bookkeeper. I'm like, <laughs> and they know, but they don't have a finance background. They yeah. don't used to be a bookkeeper. Like, it's not like they're like, well, I'm just so good at it. and so quick at it. They're like, I hate it. I suck at it. I don't even actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh my God, hire a bookkeeper. I hired a bookkeeper. Like after my first year where I made, which was when I was doing done for you, like $20,000. I, I didn't even know you needed bookkeeping or taxes. I knew not like, that's how dumb I was in, in this area. I didn't mm-hmm. even know about filing taxes. Like, yeah. it was like, did you file your taxes? She must've knew that I had no clue what I was doing. And she paid her accountant to do my taxes for me. That's amazing. But then she was like, okay, and now moving forward, you need bookkeeping and you need taxes done. And I was like, okay. So I hired a bookkeeper like that next year, like literally the new year, like not after I made another six figures. And then having an, like now I have the bookkeepers who are so smart and give amazing yeah. advice. I have the accountant who is literally the best. She has episodes on my podcast. Mm-hmm. I have a financial planner, which <laughs> maybe need a new one. <laughs> when you're just like, uh. <laughs> like, and I'm, lear- I'm, I'm like, I feel like an idiot in, in the area of investing in real estate and stuff. I thought like I'd learn a lot buying my house. Mm. It's a whole, I feel like it's a whole other ball game to start to invest. But the point is, yeah. is like, that's good. There's something about learning about this and having conversations with people about it. That makes it more real for me of why I get to make more money and why I get to have more money flowing. And also like <laughs> silly next question for you, but like, has it kind of made you feel even more like a badass? You're like, I'm an investor. Yeah. It's so badass, right? Yeah. Like it's confidence boost. But it does because I think it's like what what ends up happening is like you add more dimensionality to your identity. Yes. I, I'm so into that. Right? Like, because that's really what it is. And it's like, it's just like you get to add on these like beautiful layers of like capabilities right? Like these, these things that, you know, even things that you didn't think you were capable of, and then you show yourself that you're capable of even more that you thought you were capable of. Right. And also as a side note, one thing I want to say that came up before you asked that question was, I think the key in like everything that you were kind of sharing there, Taylor, right. And how I kind of think of it is like, you have to find a love of the the learning process of those things. Like it's, it's a creative process to learn about real estate. It's a creative process, right? You have to kind of see yourself as like an artist in that, right? Like that's how my brain, like from finance till now, Mm -hmm. I always thought of like, when you make something out of nothing or when you 10 X what you have, right. Or hundred X it, right. Like that is art. You are an artist. Do you like kind of unrelated, but do you kind of think of your business that way too? Yes. 
Like yeah. I think about my coaching, like I think about my coaching business, like the growth of that and like running a business, showing up in my business, like, you know, having goals for my business and going for those goals, like that, all of that for me is a creative process. I love that. And I love hearing that from you because I, I don't know if you get what I mean, but I think of you as like a smart person. Thank you. I appreciate that. I receive that. Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> Someone that like knows a lot. Like you're very like you just know a lot. You know a lot about probably more than more things than I even know that you know about. But like what I saw with you with marketing and coaching and making money was like you were just like smart about it. You knew the facts. You know how to market. Like you have the info, the fun mm-hmm. facts, the how tos. It's so easy to get lost in that. That's why I love hearing you say that because. There are people who are super smart, who have the info. And that's what I really love about you making that point is I've gotten lost in my business with that mindset of like Mm -hmm. wanting to be super smart and know the things and then do them right. You Mm -hmm. miss that. Like you said, that creative piece. I did the same thing when it came to investing. And I'm talking like at the time, I didn't feel very basic, but now my mind's like, just like basic investing into your retirement account. Mm -hmm. I got Mm -hmm. so overwhelmed with that and like just doing what, which is maybe why I'm not like in love with a financial planner yet. Like just doing what they said and listening to them and like, you know, and the thing I love about my accountant is so many times she's, cause she knows me so well. She's like, Taylor, but what is like, what's your gut telling you? Like what feels good? Like now that you have the info, what's your intuition telling you? What do you want to do here? Like, cause she could notice that I was starting to get lost in that. It's like, thank God. That's why I love her. But exactly. It, there, once you learn the facts and you get smart about it, then you get that room to like really be creative and turn it into an art because whether you're talking, investing your money or managing your money or co- building a coaching business, whatever, it's like, it's not just X, Y, Z, one, two, three, take the right steps in the right order, do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's like, like the, the, like the foundational piece, like the science piece, yeah. like the math of things, right? Like your yeah. captain tells you the science, like, here's how we make the, the numbers kosher for the government. But then beyond that, it's like, like what you're kind of saying, like helping you tune in so that you can be the artist of your money. Yeah. So on this note, Mm-hmm. None of this is really going to be exact advice. I mean, there probably will be some advice that comes through, but I'm yeah, curious. This is not financial advice. I yeah, gotta legally say that. <laughs> Let me make a note to put that in my intro. <laughs> but it's not financial advice. But I am just curious. A, see what you you know about like why you're investing in land yeah. and things like that. Yeah, from a facts perspective, but also like what what was that process like for you? Like, why are you investing in land? What helped you make that decision? Like, I'm just so curious. Yeah. I love that question. So for me, for me, it's like, okay, it's okay. Where I want to start this. Okay. Here's where I want to start this, where it's all about what you want to know when it comes to finance and investing in general, whether it's in stock markets or land or whatever, it's like, you just, the math has to make sense. If the math makes sense, then you go for it. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't matter. Like, so for example, when it comes to real estate, right? Like an action doesn't matter what the neighborhood is or what country it's in. It's like, if the math maths, if you get a mathematical green light then go for it. Right. So even if that means if you like take out debt, right. It's like, if your return is greater than the debt, you go for it. Like if the math maths, it doesn't matter. So for me, what made a lot of sense for me was what made more mathematical sense was 
investing here, at least in Mexico, this area of Mexico, the returns are insane. You can also find many areas like that in the States as well, where yeah. it's like literally year over year, like 30% plus appreciation, right? Like there's these little pockets in the States or whatever country, you just got to figure it out. Right. So for me, I just was like, okay, I could either put my money in the stock market and maybe get an eight to 10% return and have mm-hmm. to manage it and all of these things. Or I could put this huge amount of money just like into land, set it and forget it, and then create bigger returns with like less effort. So for me, because also I'm a new mom, my business is also like, I'm still, I'm not a foundational year of my business, absolutely not, but where I'm in my, and you're going to love this actually, Taylor, the stage of business that I'm in right now this year, we're in a huge building year. Like we're going yeah. like all in on ads. Like you're probably just like, and like I find <laughs> this place where I'm like, I, it's everything's validated in my business. And it's like, let's okay. fucking put gasoline on the fire. Right. And then like also just like expanding the team. So it's like one of those years where it's like, even though I only work three days a week, normally it's one of these years now where I'm, I'm putting in more hours than I normally would working longer than I would harder than I normally would. Um, so for me, with that being said, knowing where my business is, knowing where I am in my motherhood journey, right? Like what matters the most to me in my life right now, investing in land and real estate is what made the most sense to me. Yeah. Does that answer your question? I hope so. Yeah, it does. And how did you decide and how are you continually deciding like how much money to put into it? And I'm just like curious, like any mindset things that have come up with that or anything that you've put in place that helps you feel still feel that level of safety while you are putting this probably new amounts of money out, at least in a different area than you have before. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I would say is like, you know, kind of what Taylor's talking about here is like sufficiency or like, okayness, like enoughness. Right. And so I'm all for like internally, like self-sourcing your own, like I'm okay. I have enough. I'm enough. Blah, 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 blah. Like that's amazing. And circumstantial sufficiency, like the actual cash in the bank account also here for that. So for me, I'm all about one self-sourcing that sufficiency, but then also like ensuring that I do have the circumstantial sufficiency because things happen in life and in business, Mm -hmm. like things just happen. Right. So for me, in order to feel safe and good and like, not like throw out my nervous system with these big investments, for me, I just like work backwards. Right. So it's like, I know, like, I'm like, okay, so what are the things that I want to do this year? Okay. So for example, let's say I want to, you know, keep investing in with my coach. How much is that in a year? Maybe it's like 30 K like whatever. Right. So, okay. So I got 30 K there. How much is ads? How much are like, what are the things that I want to do this year in my work and in my life? Maybe there's like vacations land. I want to buy, like, maybe I want to put 80 K cash into land or something like that. So then I have to know, okay, what does then with all of this, what is that going to mean that my business needs to bring in? Right. Mm-hmm. If you like actually have to think like a business owner, like, okay, so then what is going to be required of my business in order to do this? Yeah. And then you have to go make that happen. Right. And then that's like on the creation side of things. Now, if you already have the overflow and you already have the cash, right. Then that's what the kind of the working backwards piece. Okay. Well, and I remember you even teach this in your programs, right? Like make a tax account, put that in there. That's what do not touch this money account. 
It's not yours. <laughs> it's the government's. <laughs> right. And so the same yeah. thing, like exactly what you teach Taylor actually, right. Where it's like, okay, here's the overflow, right. How much goes into each of these buckets? And then you just do that. Right. So that is, and that is the circumstantial sufficiency. Right. So there's kind of two ways that you can think about it. So that's kind of what I do in the present moment. And then I think, okay, like 2024, 2025, that's what I was kind of telling you about where it's like, you're thinking of that two, two year vision. Okay. So where does my business need to be by then to be investing $200,000 a year into real estate to be whatever, another hundred K into the stock market or crypto or whatever it is. Right. So then I need to make decisions today to create that level of business two years from now and make those investments along the way. Yeah. I hope that made sense. <laughs> it, did. it did. And it's music to my ears because like, I think sometimes what we hear when we are learning about this stuff is like, okay, I have this account and this account and invest X percent and like whatever, which is all like, please go learn that. But also I love two things about it is back to the identity thing. Like when I, and this could be a mindset shift for a lot of people, because you might not actually, you might actually be feeling a little overwhelmed hearing that. Right. Like when you're like, I hope that made sense. I'm like, I don't even care if it makes sense. It's badass. I love it. Like that's how my, cause I'm, I'm thinking from an identity piece. I'm not, cause I've already done all the work of being overwhelmed and not getting it and blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to do things with my money that actually make me feel good. And things that make me feel good are providing financial safety are not being so stressed over taxes. Like a lot of people are, um, just like, like if I'm going to make millions of dollars, why? Right. Like I want, like, I want to be good with my money. I want to be smart with my money and not from a overly like paranoid, anxious place of doing the right thing with it. But just like, I want to be an investor. Like I want to be someone who knows how to move money and knows how to grow her money. And so that's what gets me so excited about it. And I think that's such a good potential mindset shift for a lot of people is what identity are you holding with money? Because this is an opportunity to lean in. And even if you don't get it, even if you're like, what, what, what did she say? Because if you've never heard anyone talk about that before, then maybe you didn't make much sense because it's just like a lot of new things to think about. It's like, who cares? Keep learning. Keep listening to conversations yeah. like this. And even letting, maybe you aren't investing yet. Maybe you don't even have a retirement account yet. Maybe you aren't doing anything that great with your, maybe you have tons of debt and you don't save for taxes and like you feel so messed like even just make listening to conversations like this an identity shift. Like you are, I had a conversation with a client like a a few weeks, a month ago back where she was like, she's like, I already know that I suck with money. Like I'm not good with money, but, and she, but then she followed up with, but I'm in this program where I'm learning about money and how, you know, and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. So you are officially not someone who sucks with money. You are now someone who invests in learning about money, who is continually learning more and more about how to do good things with your money. Like that's badass. That's cool. Like that's something that gets my attention. I'm like, I like this. Like, that's so good. Like what program are you? (laughs) Just like, give me the details. Like, I think it's just something so good to think about, you know? No, like, and this is like so key. Cause I, I, you know, just like on a mindset level, I, I want everyone to just like what you were saying, right. Is. I want everyone to be careful of like not telling yourself that like I'm learning how to be good with money. I'm practicing how to be good with money. I remember even I was watching on Netflix. I can't remember the exact uh, show or whatever, but it's like this like sports coach and he's like talking about how he like 
coaches his people and the mindset and all that stuff. And he was saying like when he was a kid and he was going to basketball practice, I'm air quoting here. You can't sell a podcast, but I'm air quoting practice. Right. He's like, I never said that. I never said I was going to practice. He's like, I'm going to go play basketball. Yeah. You're not practicing playing basketball. I'm playing fucking basketball period. And so the same thing is for you, for everybody listening, right? Like, even if it's this podcast episode is like day one for you, right? Like you get to decide right now that like you're mastering how to steward your money right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's a process, right? And so they're never going to be done process. Like billionaires are still mastering what to do with their money. Like, I mean, you look at Jeff Bezos, I'm pretty sure he makes a million dollars every second. You bet your ass that his capacity to write to manage and steward money has to constantly evolve day by day, even with maybe his financial team and all the things. So you're never going to get to a place in your life where you're like done with it. Yeah. And the other thing I was thinking about based off of what you said earlier too, was like, you were, you were talking about these different goals. Like if I want to invest this much a year in real estate, if I want to put this much into the market or whatever, right that is so good to be doing. Cause I think what way back to the beginning of the episode, what I was saying is I think what a lot of us are doing is just like, okay, I had a 5k month last month. I need to get to 8k months. I need to get to 10k months. I need to get to 20k months, which for certain people in certain periods of time that can work. I know that because it worked for me for a while, but then I hit a point And I think the number is going to be different for everyone where I was like, I couldn't even conceptualize making the next amount of money because I didn't know what I would do with it. Even though that had never mattered in the past, there was just something about this next number that was like, what would I even do with that? Like, I knew I wanted it. Other people were doing it. Like, like, but when I finally started for me, it was buying this house. Like I started just Reese. Like I was like, I, I don't even know, like how much would the house cost? What do, would I even get approved for a mortgage like that? The scariest thing I did, which I didn't even know this was a thing before I bought a house, before this phone call was made was I learned, I, first of all, I Googled and I learned in order to buy a house, you need a mortgage lender. Okay, great. Never heard that term. Found a mortgage lender just on the Zillow listing. Okay, great. Or truly or whatever it was called him. (laughs) Most terrifying phone call in my life for some reason. Like I was like, this guy's going to think I'm a nut job. Like there's going to be no way he's going to think I could ever get approved for something like this. And it was, he, he was this older guy. He was so nice. I don't know if all mortgage lenders are like this, but he was like, okay, <laughs> like nice people. He's, so <laughs> nice. The title. He's, he's like, okay, here's what you need. Like, you know, in order to get that type of loan is going to be called a, this type of loan. You're going to need a credit score around here. You're going to need to show proof of your mortgage payment being X percent of your income. I'm like writing all this down like a mad woman. He emails me all this information. And it's like, what I thought was three years out, six months later, I was moving into the home. Like it was so cool. And it's like, start learning about the things, start working towards real actual goals. And I think the other thing was, I was no longer just going for like, whatever, like whatever a month, whatever a year I was like, I knew that's what it was going to be. And I knew that's what I wanted, but I was also going towards a certain credit score and a certain income because of the house I wanted and a certain down payment. And like, there's goals that actually mattered. And so as scary as putting your money into, (laughs) I see your brain going as scary as putting your money into something like this big dreamy home or real estate investments or retirement or tax savings can be 
it shifts your identity and it gives you a real reason to actually make more money. And that really worked for me. Like that's when it went way up, you know? Yeah. And like what Taylor's like, you know, what, what Taylor's saying guys, like there's something that's like, I'm having like this, like epiphany, like realization where it's like, I think like the actual difference too, is like when you're in that stage of your business where you're really just like kind of short-sighted, yeah. right? Like maybe you're even just thinking about like the next year, right. Of like your monthly income goals. And it's like, when you start thinking about bigger about your money, right. Yeah. And when you really start thinking bigger about it, it's like, it's almost like you hustle less, right? It's like, and I'm here for the hustle. Like I'm here for like working hard effort, like all of that. I'm not here for overworking and all those things and busy work and stuff, but I'm here for like putting in solid effort, right. And solid work. And I think it's like, when you start having bigger things going on with your money, you're, you're less hustly about like, Oh, I got to hit a 20 K month. I gotta, yeah. like, it's like less like kind of like what you're saying at the beginning of this episode, right. Where it's like, it was less egotistical, less about the, I want to feel significant. I want other people to see me as significant. I want this external validation and whatever it is. And it's more so about like, I got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Like it's a bigger fish to fry vibe when you have like things beyond your coaching business that you are focusing on with your money. A hundred percent. So, yeah. Yeah. so changing directions for a second as we wrap up, cause I feel like this conversation was so good as someone that has a finance background is making these moves. Are there any rules that you're breaking in terms of finances, money, investing, like maybe something that we think we all should do. Yeah. I mean, like even in the finance world, right? Like when I'm, you know, I'm looking, thinking back to like business school and all that stuff. Like, even though I was in university taking a finance degree, they still don't teach you a lot of the things that like you think that they would teach you. Right. Like, so for yeah. example, like the whole, like if the math makes sense piece, it's like, they do kind of teach you that, but I, I you have to think about like society at large, society at large thinks debt is the devil. And that is still even true, even when you're in the finance world, like they do teach you like, you know, how to make the numbers work and all that stuff and all of that, of course. Right. But like, you have to remember that everything we're taught in university all comes through the lens of like that societal conditioning. Mm -hmm. So I think a really big rule that I had to like break was, um, being okay with like going into debt to create more money. Right. So like I started like the biggest mindset shift I've had to be honest guys was like, I now see debt as buying money. I'm just buying money. Like no big deal. Right. That's it. Yeah. So I like, love that's even, even if it's like a mortgage, right? Like that's a debt, right. It's a liability. Mm-hmm. So it's like you bought money. So you could have a million dollar home. You. Exactly. Yeah. I'm the same way. I have that. I'm the same way with, with the debt. Like, and when clients bring that up, cause it's like a thing that people hold on to so much. Well, I have this debt. I have to pay this off. Like, it's like, I think most people don't actually even like, let's say you invest $12,000 on a credit card mm-hmm. and now you have $12,000 in debt. Oh, oh no. Like, people will hyper-focus on that their entire time in a coaching program. Therefore, put all their energy into the debt and how much they suck, how it's not paying off, and what if it doesn't. Basically manifest that. And it's like, what I notice is, what I like to ask my clients, like, do you really care, though? 
Like, do you actually care about that debt? Because I think it's a lot of just like good girl syndrome. Yeah. Like we're not supposed to have debt. It's, it's really, really bad. Oh my gosh. Like what if everybody knew I had debt? Like I would just, you know, and it's like, I just didn't really care that much. Like I took the investment seriously. I knew I would pay it off. I'm thinking about like my first few and all, all to come after. Cause I've even invested in, in coaches on credit cards last year. Cause I just chose, I didn't want to put my cash flow there. It's like, okay, great. It's just like a decision. It's just, just it, to me, it's like, I made smart decisions utilizing credit and I have really good credit and I have a really shocking credit limits at my age because yeah. I invested a lot on credit and I paid it off mm-hmm. times quicker than the program. Sometimes not. Yep. But like, now I'm like, great. Now like I can take out a lot of money if I ever needed to, or wanted to like, I'm, I'm like grateful that I did that. Right. And, and I actually wrote a post along these lines, like on my Facebook, maybe it was like a month or so ago, but I literally wrote that about where it's like, it's a smart money move. Like if you have the cash, like I'm sure even in your accounts, like, right. It's like, we have the cash to probably make that mm-hmm. investment three times over if we wanted to. And for me, it's like, it's actually a smart money move. Right. Cause again, when you're thinking when you have the bigger fish to fry mentality, right. You're like, no, I need to keep my liquidity. Yeah. Liquidity trumps my, if I have debt or not, <laughs> like, right? so it's like I have this liquidity. So now I can put the cash into land or crypto or whatever, like cold, hard cash. Right. So then I can use my credit for what you can buy credit with. Right. Yeah. Investments. Right. So it's like, it's a smart money move. You end up like, again, you just buy the money. So you create more money. Yeah. And now like, I think of it as just other, like other checking account. Like I don't use them like that, like swipe, 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 swipe. But when I see these accounts that have these big amounts, like in credit limits now, when my first credit card, like I tried to pay for a $5,000 program, I think I got like 3000 or 3,500 mm-hmm. or something approved. Like that's all the credit I could get. Now it's way, way, way more. And I, it's, it's an speaking of safety in my mind, I'm like, I'm good. Like if anything were to ever happen and I'd have to like figure things out or whatever, mm-hmm. I have my savings, I have my investments, but I also have all this credit that I could use if I needed to. Exactly. And I can also just use when I want to, like you said, like to, to keep the cash and just, it's also a decision on how you're managing your money. And I think none of it's actually bad if, if it's not bad to you. Yeah. And then there's yeah. two other things I want to say on this. Cause it's like super important, like the timeliness of it. So like one, there's another thing that I wrote where I was like, when you were like, does it actually matter that you have debt? Like the good girl syndrome. And also too, I think a lot of people, again, like you're not mathing the debt. It's like, okay, let's say you are carrying this debt and it's like, okay, how much in interest would that cost you over a year? Yeah. Like, I don't actually know. Like, I don't know, maybe, you know, like what a specific investment would be over a year. I don't know. Maybe let's say cost an additional thousand dollars in interest, even if it's 5,000, because you made some major business investment. I don't know. And it's like, but here's the thing. If you make that investment and you have $5,000 that you pay extra in interest, but you end up making 200 K, does it really fucking matter that you paid $5,000 extra in interest? Like that's what I'm saying. People aren't, and the same thing is true when you make land investments, right? Like you can't just be thinking of like, Oh, the money that's going out. And like, I could use this money for other things. And then, Oh, or even if I get a mortgage, I have to pay, you know, let me save up as much cash as I can. So then I pay less interest. And it's like, but you just have to do the math where it's like, is it worth it to you? Like, would it be worth it to you to carry $5,000 in extra interest and carrying debt for a year? If you just like made 200 K at the end, you probably wouldn't give a shit. Right. Right. 
Yeah. And then the other piece is I was actually just talking to somebody in my DMS today and she was like, um, like, you know, I have all these like debts or whatever, and you know, past programs, whatever. And I just told her, I was like, look, like for me, the way I think about it is like, especially in those foundational years where it feels like you're investing a lot and not a lot is coming back in right for a majority of people. Yeah. And I'm always just like, you know what, the way I think about it, especially in those years was like my current investments paid off my past investments. And then you get to a point in your business where all your past investments are paid off. And then you're just, you pay off your current investments like pretty quickly, like yeah. almost immediately, right? Like it's just a, a phase of business, right? So you just have to like, be like, it's fine. Like stop expecting, especially in your foundational years to like pay off your investment, like right away. Like sometimes that happens. And sometimes you got to carry that investment for a little bit, but don't let yeah. it stop you from making investments. Like yeah. don't tell yourself that was the last one or I'm not allowed to invest anymore because I didn't make my money back from the last program. So I'm not allowed anymore. Like stop doing that to yourself. I mean, it's so normal in business, but also what I've realized what is it's so normal in everything because now yeah. this whole coaching business thing for me is pretty easy. And like, I don't really think twice about that kind of stuff. And then like other stuff we're doing, like some of which might sound silly to people, but like this whole like farm animal thing. Mm-hmm. And, and then we're, we're renovating a barn, which it is lit. This is my point. It is literally laughable how long this barn has taken. There are homes on my street that have been built <laughs> five times faster than this freaking barn because we don't know what we're doing. Right. And it's like, <laughs> we're failing, you know, but we're not, we're not actually failing. Like actually today I can say, actually it's going great. And we've moved through this thing and that thing. And there's a lot of progress. And I probably would have said that five months ago too. It's like, we're, my point is, is like, we're learning. Mm-hmm. We're laughing through the process. It's going to get done. It's going to be fine. We're probably going to, we definitely t- took way more time on it than it needed. Probably spent more money on it than we needed to, but we're learning just like you will in the beginning of your business, just like you will with any endeavor. Some, some, you might get lucky, but it would be lo- like, it's kind of luck. It's like, great. You, that was super easy and effortless for you and whatever. But it's like most of the time, yeah, you do like fall flat on your face with stuff that's new. Yeah. hundred percent. You have to be willing to. Yeah. You have to be willing to suck ass in the beginning. (laughs) And that's why most people, they're just like, I can't handle it anymore. Especially for people that are like really ambitious people where it's like for most of your life, you've like kind of have always put yourself in like rooms or class levels where you are already the top student. So when you step into online entrepreneurship, where like literally the entire world, the entire industry of coaches at your fingertips, it's like, you can see people that are like, at the top of the class and you're like at the bottom of the class, it's like, so many people can't handle that. Cause like in the real world, they're used to just being like, you know, I'm the top student in this class and I only put myself in rooms or like even fitness levels. Or like, I'm only going to join a fitness yeah. class that I know I'm not going to suck ass at and embarrass myself. Right. So that's like a, a typical mindset of people that tend to be pretty like type a really driven, like, need to be excellent or otherwise I'm not going to do it. Me like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, That's been me so many times, you know, like I can think of a million times where that's happened in so many areas. And, um, I actually got this like reading earlier this month, um, from Sarah profit. I think you might know her and 
she, it was so good. And she was like, this is a season of newness for you. Like you are so used to being the best at what you do and being so good at it and being the best in the room and the farthest along. And now you're doing things where you feel like a complete idiot. And I was like, yeah. And I thought like I was getting so frustrated and embarrassed by it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like so freeing. Cause I'm like, every time I feel kind of stupid, like I ask a stupid question or to research, you know, when you have to Google something where you're like, this is mortifying. Like if anyone's all this, like it's, it's the stupidest thing you could ever Google. That's my life right now in a lot of areas. And, but now I'm like, yes, like I'm doing the right thing. Cause I feel stupid. And this is a good sign. We don't think like that a lot of the time. And so it's been really, it's actually been, never thought I would say this. It's been really fun to feel like I have no clue what I'm doing. And I probably sound so stupid. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say this for everybody too, because I'm, I'm a subconscious specialist and this is like, you guys have to, I just want you to remember this and always keep this in your back pocket that like confusion always precedes understanding. Yeah. Always. Right. So many of y'all are trying to bypass that. And it's like, but confusion's actually, confusion always precedes understanding. Mm, I love it. I can think about so many things that that's applied to in the past and so many, like even just something recent in a program I'm doing on manifestation mm-hmm. where she started talking about like quantum physics things. And I was like, I have no, I it's module two of the program. I wanted, I wanted to just be like, eh, I quit. Like I don't yeah. want to be in this program anymore. But then I watched the next part of it and everything she said, I understood. And it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, and it was such a good feeling. I love it. Anyway, I feel like we could go on and on. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I got to (laughs) pee. So I will definitely let you go. We probably need to have more conversations later or or somewhere else. But I'm so, I just, I love this conversation. So thank you so much. Before we go, before you run off to go pee, where can people find you? Um, The place that I hang out the most would be Instagram. So I would be at Catarapas. I also have um, my podcast as well, which is like, I would say like, I probably hang out more on my podcast than my Instagram. I don't know. But anyways, podcast, simplify to scale, Instagram at Catarapis. Um, yeah. And then I also have like a free course as well if people want to take that. So yeah, I'll okay. do you want me to tell you the free course. Catarapis.com forward slash free course. <laughs> I had to change the name because Facebook ads kept rejecting it. It was like unrealistic outcomes. I'm like, yeah, for muggles. For <laughs> muggles. I'm like trying to get a Facebook ad approved by a muggle is just like, I can't. Yeah. I cannot. You guys have to follow her. Your posts are like, the, I feel like you're really good at writing these like short punchy posts that like, like, Oh, and those on sense. Facebook, Facebook is where like y'all see my more like punchy dear diary kind of you stuff. bring those over to Instagram. <laughs> I follow you on Facebook. Um, and that's where yeah. I see those. And I'm like, every time I see your post, I'm like, oh, that's so good. I wish I thought of that. <laughs> so you can follow me on follow me on all the places, guy. Obviously, everywhere. All right, yeah. awesome. Well, I'll let you go. Thank you Thanks so Taylor. much. Yes, and bye, everyone. Bye. Real quick before you go, if this episode gave you value, got you inspired, or has you feeling more confident than ever about your big goals, can you do me a quick favor and go leave a review? It would mean the absolute world to me and it helps other powerhouse women just like you find this show, which is truly the best gift that you could ever give me. So thank you in advance for leaving a five-star review. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.